Tumor Talks, a podcast about clinical cases in oncology, and we are your hosts. I'm Dr. Kathy Marshall, a medical oncologist. I'm Dr. Beatrice Wills, a medical oncologist and hematologist. And I'm Dr. Jonah Amata, an internal medicine resident physician. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Tumor Talks. Today, we have our very own Dr. Beatrice Wills, who is currently Assistant Professor Fondation Santa Fe de Bigota in Hematology and Oncology um, in Colombia. So welcome, and uh, today we're going to be talking about Hodgkin's lymphoma. So thanks for uh, being the subject for us today, Beatrice. Kathy, I'm excited to be with you. Um, in another country, but I'm glad that, you know, technology works. All right. So first, just tell me about the epidemiology of the disease. So um, in the U.S. and Europe and other economically developed regions, Hodgkin lymphoma is about 10% of all lymphomas, and that represents about 8,500 of all lymph- of all cancers in the U.S., um, in terms of race, there is a variability of Hodgkin lymphoma. So, for example, in the U.S., um, the incidence of Hodgkin lymphoma is about the same in whites and black Americans, but there's a little bit of a lower incidence in other minority groups, such as Hispanic Americans. Um, and in regards to age, Hodgkin lymphoma is super interesting because it has a bimodal distribution where you see a frequent peak in young adults, about 20 to 30s. Um, but then there's another peak in the 60s or so. In terms of risk factors, so there's been um, some interest in lots of research in viral um, infections, HIV and EBV. And this, this really depends on the type of Hodgkin lymphoma and the geographic region. So EBV has been linked to mixed cellularity, uh, Hodgkin lymphoma, um, and HIV also uh, increases the risk of Hodgkin lymphoma and other B-cell lymphomas, really. Um, In terms of other environmental risk factors, you know, obesity, smoking has also been associated with Hodgkin lymphoma. And then in terms of genetics, there's really not a specific gene that has been associated with Hodgkin lymphoma, but there is a familiar um, predisposition with patients having a variation in the major histocompatibility complex on MHC and HLA loci variations. And how is it diagnosed? So... Uh, Hodgkin lymphoma, there's no screening for Hodgkin lymphoma or really for not for any other lymphomas. Typically, patients will present with asymptomatic lymphadenopathy, and the most common region for lymphadenopathy is really the neck, cervical, or supraclav region. And then about 40% of patients can have constitutional symptoms. These are the so-called B symptoms, you know, fever, unintentional weight loss, fatigue, um, night sweats. And then in terms of other atypical findings, itching can also be uh, quite specific. And then, you know, medical textbook kind of, and I have seen it in clinic, is alcohol-associated pain. This is an interesting finding, but we really don't understand why it happens. Um, And then Hodgkin lymphoma really is a a nodal disease, but sometimes patients can have extra nodal involvement with bone marrow involvement. So they might present with cytopenias or liver involvement with um, abnormal liver um, enzyme findings. And then in terms of the diagnosis, you know, in lymphoma, uh, we really want either an excisional or an incisional biopsy. FNAs or fine needle aspirates won't give us enough tissue or morphology information for the pathologist. So we either prefer a surgical or an incisional biopsy, you know, an uh, interventional radiologist core 
guided needle biopsy. And what's the initial workup and imaging that you'd use? So um, I, the initial workup, once you have the diagnosis based on a tissue biopsy, we like to stage, and this is important for treatment, right? The staging is based on the Lugano classification, stage one, there's a single lymph node region, stage two, there's involvement of two or more lymph nodes that are adjacent and above the diaphragm. And then there's stage three, which includes involvement of lymph nodes regions on both sides of the diaphragm. And then stage four, when there's extra lymphatic involvement, like I mentioned, for example, bone marrow or liver involvement. So the staging, we like PET scans in, in lymphoma. Uh, PET scan will give us prognostic information and really also guide uh, treatment. We call this a personalized treatment or interim. And there have been several phase three trials demonstrated that interim PET scan has prognostic uh, value. So first uh, diagnosis is tissue biopsy, PET scan to stage the uh, uh, disease and also, you know, initial workup in, in young people. It's important to discuss fertility preservation, although the like the backbone of treatment, the ABVD has quite low uh, fertility, infertility risk. We usually do recommend fertility preservation. And then we also um, recommend an echo since uh, we're considering anthracycline based treatment. And then finally, you know, blood work, uh, CBC, CMP, hepatitis, serologies, HIV serologies um, uh, are also important. And then bleomycin, although we'll talk about it in our cases, bleomycin, is, um, and especially in advance, is being replaced by novel agents. If, we, if you're considering bleomycin, we like uh, PFTs before to assess for lung function. And you mentioned already about the staging of the disease. What about pathology findings that you're looking for, um, especially on the excisional biopsies that you don't get on the uh, FNAs? Yeah, so um, Hodgkin lymphoma is divided into def different subcategories. Classic Hodgkin lymphoma represents about 90% of Hodgkin lymphoma. And then this is further subdivided into nodular sclerosis, mixillarity, lymphocyte-rich, and lymphocyte-depleted. Um, and the morphology really on the uh, on the tissue, it, Hodgkin lymphoma is very, very interesting because it's a very rich tumor microenvironment and a lot of immune active um, cell types. But the Hodgkin Restemberg cells, which we all get uh, in, in medical textbooks and, you know, in the board question is the Hodgkin Restemberg or HRS cells, which are the all's eye appearance, which have the bilabeled multiple nuclei and it's kind of pale uh, with a halo um, and a base of filic cytoplasms. Those are the HRS cells and we'll definitely post that in our on our Twitter. And what about molecular testing or are there any biomarkers that are relevant? Um, for example, there's a frequent amplification on the 9P24 chromosome, which is associated with copy number gains of PDL1. Um, and that is, you know, downstream of JAK2, and that can definitely contribute to the pathogenesis of Hodgkin lymphoma. It's not mandatory, but we do see that frequently reported, frequent amplifications or alterations of chromosome of 9P24, and that has been associated in, in, in different trials um, in terms of uh, prognostic or predictive to response to checkpoint inhibition. But in terms of biomarkers, I think that the field, really the lymphoma field and B cell lymphoma is also moving towards other novel biomarkers, including TARC, that's a cytokine, um, which is associated with Hodgkin lymphoma response, and also metabolic tumor volume. This is a, a radiomic parameter, which has a lot of interest, which can potentially improve the prognostic value of interim PET scan. 
And then lastly, circulating free DNA. There's also ongoing research in terms of circulating free DNA as an important biomarker in Hodgkin lymphoma. And uh, who is, is typically seeing these patients or if there's a diagnosis of Hodgkin's lymphoma, who should a, a patient be referred to? So definitely hemonc should be involved. Uh, fertility preservation uh, should be consulted. And then radiation therapy um, is also an important uh, arm of the, of, of the treatment. Um, this is, we'll talk about it later, but radiation oncology also plays an important role in, uh, in this patient. Although we're always mindful that the goal for Hodgkin lymphoma is to improve cure rates, but also decrease um, potential long-term um, effects that potentially can be associated with radiation therapy. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to our discussions around uh, some of these interesting cases. So thank you again, Beatrice. Thanks, Kathy. So to recap, Hodgkin's lymphoma constitutes 10% of all lymphomas in the U.S., Europe, and developed regions of the world. In particular, it has a bimodal distribution with regards to age. Presenting symptoms, the diagnosis includes asymptomatic lymphadenopathy, which is the most common and can present in the neck, clavicular, and supraclavicular regions. Other symptoms of diagnosis include fever, fatigue, and night sweats, which we classically know as B symptoms, and other less known symptoms for Hodgkin's lymphoma include itching and alcohol-associated pain. Initial workup includes an excisional or incisional biopsy, and if noted, FNA is not enough for diagnosis. Other things we get include a PET scan to guide prognostication and treatment, an echo for anthracycline-based therapy, blood work, including HIV and hepatitis viral studies. And if glumycin is in consideration for treatment, we usually get PFTs as well. On pathology, we look at classic morphology of the disease, which includes the hodgkin reed sternberg cells. Important biomarkers we look for include the 9P24 chromosomal alterations that we see on karyotype. Of note, there are novel biomarkers right now undergoing research with regards to prognostication and response to treatment. Our treatment team usually can include medical oncology, radiation oncology, and can include endorepro for fertility preservation, especially for our younger patients. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Tumor Talks. See you next time. A special thanks to Primo for recording and composing our background music. Tumor Talks is an independent podcast that does not represent the institutional views or opinions of our employers, Johns Hopkins Hospital, Memorial Sloan Kettering, or that of our guests. This podcast is created for medical education and should not be counted as medical advice.